The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you for your kindness towards us. Today, we ask that you breathe upon your church, upon everyone in this place. Breathe upon everyone joining us over the internet, my Father. Your eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even become in the hearts of men, in the of every one of us. Let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today we are looking at a life of gratitude. You know, at the first weekend of every month, we come together, we have our Thanksgiving service. And over time, it can easily become routine. It can easily become routine. And the Thanksgiving service is just okay, another time to come and dance, you know, and give an offering and sing, Yesua Kanaka, you know, and just have a good time, you know, <laughs> and just go. But you see, God wants us to live a life of gratitude. God wants our lives to be rooted in gratitude and not just paying lip service to it. And the Bible has so much to say about growing roots. In fact, we did a whole series on developing roots and, and we looked at growing roots in different areas, financially, relationally, and all that stuff. And growing roots in God and in the love of God is so indispensable. In fact, all of people's problem comes from not being rooted in God's love. All of people's problem, all of the problem of humanity, worry, fear, anxiety, bitterness, jealousy, guilt, loneliness, stress, all the problems comes from not being rooted in God's love. Or you can say, okay, Pastor, what about the external problems, you know, that happen, bad things that happen on the outside? Yes, those things happen on the outside. But you see, what happens on the inside of you determines if you are rooted in God's love. The rain is going to fall on everybody. There's going to be a storm. Everybody's going to feel the storm. Everybody's going to have things happen in their lives that they, don't, they didn't plan for. But you see, the truth is this. How you respond shows if you have roots or not. If you are rooted or not. In Matthew 13, 21, the word of God says in Matthew 13, 21, that Jesus explaining, this is Jesus explaining the parable of the sower. He says, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's word. So as soon as you have problems, what do you do? What you do when you have problems shows the world if you have roots or not. What you do, everybody is going to have one challenge or one problem or the other, but what you do when you have problems shows us if you have roots or not. So if you want to last long, you have to develop deep roots in God. If you want to last long, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will last long. But if you want to last long, you have to let your roots go deep in God. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8, Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8, describes it this way. It says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord 
their hope and confidence. Let's pause there for a while. And the question is, what is your hope and confidence? What is your hope? And when you get up in the day and you spring forth on your feet, what is your hope? What is giving you confidence? Some people, their hope is that their uncle is a big man. That's their hope. Their confidence is that my dad has connections. That's their confidence. Some people, their hope is that, oh, I have a family network. Really, that is your hope. Some, their confidence is in the fact that they are married to a beautiful wife. Really, that's your confidence. And some, their hope is that they are married to a strong man. If you see my husband's biceps, that's your confidence at night when you are sleeping. You just check out that biceps. Oh, I just go to sleep. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> God is saying, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope, not their bank account, their confidence. The Lord. They are like trees planted along a riverbank. Whose roots, which roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will go on producing delicious fruits. Regardless of what is happening on the outside, regardless of whether there's a drought or a long drought. And four things obviously jumps out at us from this passage of scripture the, the, about the people that are planted by the river, they, that are like trees that are planted by the river. The number one thing that we see here is that they are not bothered by the heat. They are not bothered by the heat. What does that mean to you and I? It's simple. It means they can handle pressure. When you turn on the heat, when the world, circumstances, or the enemy turns on the heat, they don't run out of the kitchen. They stay in the kitchen until the food is done. Praise the name of the Lord. When you are planted and God is your source and you are rooted in God, when the heat is turned up, you are not bothered. That's the first thing we see. The second thing we see here is that not only are they not bothered by the heat, these people, they are not worried by drought. They are not worried by long months of drought. So what does that mean? It means when things actually dry up, they are not worried. Why are they not worried? They are not dependent on rain for their water. They are dependent on the river for their water. The rain comes in its seasons. The rain comes, the rain goes. But the river of God flows forever. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so the question is, what is your source? What are you rooted in? What are you rooted in, really? You know, it's easy to tell. Once there's a tragedy or there's a disaster or there's, a, or there's trouble, you know what a man believe, what, where a man's trust is in. Once there's trouble, you know where his, where his trust is in. I'm praying today that if your trust is not in God, or it's half in God, half in other things, that you will reposition your trust 100% in God. Because that is where safety is. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are are saved. The third thing that jumps out at us is the fact that their leaves stay green. Their leaves stay green. They stay fresh, they're unflustered, they remain radiant, they remain attractive in spite of what is happening on the outside. 
So I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that because you are rooted in God, regardless of what is happening in the economy, in the world, you will remain green and fresh. That's a good place to say amen. That God himself will be your stay. In the name of Jesus. And number four, not only are they not bothered by the heat, not only don't they worry about the drought, not only do their leaves stay green, they keep on producing fruits. They keep on producing fruit. So they are not just attractive, they are productive. There are a lot of people that are attractive, but when you get close to them, they are disgusting. I mean, have you, have you met any of such? You know, on the outside, they look beautiful, but when you experience them, their character is so. The fruits of their life is so unsavory. I'm praying that you will be attractive and you will be productive. You know, um, someone sent me a text of this week or last week, and you know, the question was Jesus cursing the fig tree. You know, the fig tree had leaves but didn't have fruit. And it was like if Jesus was really hungry, if hunger was Jesus' problem, if you go to the tree and you can't find fruit and you are really hungry, would you go and look for food from somewhere else? <laughs> Why would you be staying at causing a, a tree? I mean, the short answer I gave him was, was his ways are not our ways. I mean, that's just it. But to unpack that a little bit, you see, the truth is that when your life has leaves, leave, the leaves just represent um, uh, external things that people can see from a distance. When your life just has leaves, you attract inspection. You attract scrutiny. So heaven moves close, but the leaves is not what heaven is looking for. Even though it's the leaves that attracts heaven. When heaven moves close, heaven is not looking for the leaves. Heaven is looking for what? For fruits. So when God comes and doesn't see fruit, when a tree doesn't fulfill its purpose, which is to produce fruit. To put it in a mild way, God doesn't treat it lightly. When God moves close to your life and, and he checks and there is no fruit, to put it mildly, God is not impressed about it. So how do you know when someone has roots? You see fruits. How do you know when somebody is not just all mouth? You see fruits. You see fruits. No root, no fruits. No roots, no fruits. Colossians 2 7 says to us, which is where we really are going, let your roots. Grow down into him and let your lives be built on Christ, on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truths you were taught. And you will then, what? Overflow with thankfulness, with thanksgiving. You will overflow with gratitude. When your root grows deep in God, your life will overflow with gratitude. Someone sent his pastor, not me, an email, and I read. The email goes thus. Dear pastor, I'm so tired of going through the motions. I am fed up with business and, as usual. Nothing really excites me or energizes me anymore. I have been in a slum for so long now, I don't know if I can get out of it. 
but I don't like it one bit. I am filled with a jumble of emotions. I am frustrated. I am bored. I am unfulfilled. I tend to focus on what's wrong. I can be cynical about everything. The bad news is, I take out my frustration on the people I love the most, my family, my wife and children. Pastor, I need a major change in my life. I mean, if you read that story, unfortunately that's the story of, of a lot of people. We are looking at things from the outside to energize us and, and excite us. And if you look closely at this man's life, there's a lot to thank God for. There's, there's a lot to thank God for. Just reading this email. Number one, this guy has a computer. Number two, he has internet. Number three, he has power. Number four, he, I think he has fingers. Number five, he has a family. He has a wife. Somebody else has not carried his wife and run away. He has children. Have you heard the testimony of, of a woman, 18 years, 16 years? And he's saying, it's just, there's just one word, ingratitude. Bottom line, if you're ungrateful, your life will be dull. If you can write that and put it on the, a dull life is proof of an ungrateful life. If you are a grateful person, there is no way your life will not be filled with life. Impossible. And I'm going to give you an exercise. Try it. Always looking for something on the outside to excite you on the inside. Wrong model. You, you are the one that should excite your environment. Once you enter a place, excitement has come. Action. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Don't sit down there expecting something to excite you. You are the excitement. Jesus says you are the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. When the salt is waiting for something to make it salty, something is wrong with that salt. Maybe it doesn't have proper orientation. So, if you check 1 Thessalonians 5.18... 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the word of God says that we should be thankful in all things. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Be thankful in a few things, in all things. And the word be thankful or give thanks there, the root word actually means to be grateful it means gratitude, appreciation. It means praise. It means recognition. So God is saying, be grateful in all things. Show appreciation in all things. Give praise in all things. Show acknowledgement and recognition in all things. And if you check, I mean, I checked. The word there is not for all things. The word is in all things. Is there a difference, Pastor? There's a big difference. In the Bible did not say be thankful for all things. No. The Bible says be thankful in all things. What's the difference? Simple. You, God is not saying be thankful for all things. Why? Because you really shouldn't be thankful for all things. There are a lot of evil going on that has nothing to do with God. Why should you be thankful for, for, to God for that? There are a lot of things that have you may find yourself in a situation that has nothing to do with God. Stop thanking God for that situation. It's like you're giving him credit for what he did not do. It has nothing to do with God. Is it, is, is it not because the world is broken or from the enemy? But many times, in most cases, it has nothing to do with God. Imagine a wife says to the husband, um, she comes from walk, wherever, and she sees her shoes in the dustbin. Her shoes were in the dustbin with 
tissue paper on top of the shoes. And she, she says to the husband, thank you for putting my shoes in the dustbin. So the husband will accept the thanks and says, thank me for all things. No. The husband will say, it's your son that carried your shoes and put them in the dustbin because they are ugly as far as it's concerned. So it won't, it won't take the fall. And it's the same thing with God. You can't thank God for what the devil did. You can't thank God for all things. But God is saying, thank God in all things. So pastor, you're saying that, I mean, bad things, God doesn't mean do bad things, you know. Yes, that's what I'm saying. God doesn't do bad things. God doesn't do bad things at all. No, God doesn't do bad things. There are some people are juggling their theology right there. God doesn't do bad things. Listen, God is altogether good and altogether lovely and altogether comely. So, but God does some things that are not good by your judgment. But God, even in judgment, is righteous altogether. Altogether. So, so, so you mean God can judge? Yes. But you see, in, in, God's, in that case, it will be judgment. That's what it is. And God is a just judge. So if God brings a plague over a land, You or we can say it's a bad thing that happened to that land. But as far as God is concerned, it is righteousness that has happened to that land. Do you understand that? So God doesn't do bad things. And before God even judges, God wants. God, God, you see, listen. How many of you wake up in the morning and you look at your son? And you say, what trouble can I cause this boy this morning? I do that. Can I see your hands up? Time for deliverance. How many of you wake up in the morning and look at your daughter and say, what commotion can I cause in the life of this girl? I don't think any of us do that. So why do we think God does that? God says, if you that are natural can do good things for your children, how much more me? How much more me? So God is saying to you, I am better than you. Anybody has a problem with that? So, so if you cannot do it to your children, God is not doing it to you. What's the challenges you are facing? You need to put it in the right perspective. God is not doing it. So God is saying, the word of God is saying to you, to you and I, be thankful in all things. You are in that situation. God wants you to thank him in the situation. Why? Because all things work together for, for those that love God, and are they called according to his purpose? So, whether the things are from the enemy or from a broken system, even sometimes, whether they are a judgment from God, all things are going to work together for your good. That is enough for me. So, God is saying, give thanks in all things. So, gratitude is God's will. For you and I. Gratitude. Not necessarily what happened, but gratitude to God. Not necessarily what happened, but gratitude. That is God's will for you and I. So we, we have people that are, are going through a, a difficult part of their lives and they are saying, oh pastor, I need to know what God's will is. What is God saying about the situation? What is God's will is concerning the situation? Listen, God's will is for you to Begin to thank him in that situation. 
can you be thankful and filled with gratitude and be depressed at the same time? Can you be thankful and filled with gratitude and worry at the same time? Can you be thankful and filled with gratitude and fearful at the same time? So when you come and you're fearful, you're frightened, it shows you don't have roots. It shows you, I mean, you say, but pastor, I'm only human. Yes. Since, are you saying you don't have fears? Maybe I do. But guess what? I throw them to Jesus and I thank him for in everything. I thank him for my life. Thank him for being who he is. And I throw them to Jesus. You never see me carried on my head. Praise the name of the Lord. So, <laughs> gratitude is always God's will for me. It's always God's will for you. Always, always, always. I'm going to show you four reasons why it is. Again, that's probably about all we can have time for. <laughs> Gratitude is always God's will for me. Number one, because gratitude honors God. Gratitude honors God. Psalm 50 verse 23. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. This is God speaking. He says, when you give thanks, you know, when we come together, and we say, we get doing a thanksgiving service, and we just come to give thanks to God. God says, this sacrifice truly honors me. When we give our offerings, our thanksgiving offerings, and we say to God, God, this is to honor you in gratitude. God says, it truly honors me. That's what God says. So, when we are grateful Gratitude, what? Truly honors God. That's number one. So as an action plan, I want to challenge you, if you're not doing it already, before you speak to any human being, when you wake up in the morning, always say thank you to God. Always say thank you to God. When you wake up in the morning, before you speak to any human being, always say thank you to who? To God. Number two, not only does gratitude honor God, gratitude creates friendship. It creates friendship. First Thessalonians 5.11 says that we should encourage each other and build each other up. That same word, build each other up, appreciate each other, build each other up. With God and man, gratitude creates friendship. If you see a man that is really consistently grateful to God, the man becomes a friend of God easily. Those of us that have children, if you have, let's say you have six children. Do people still have six children? Okay. I wanted to have 12. You know. I'm still very, I'm still praying about it. <laughs> and there's a particular one that is always grateful to you as a parent. Always grateful. Always grateful. I mean, don't you think that relationship is going to be a little bit chummier than the rest that we take stuff from you and say, is that all you've got? I kid you not. Out of nothing, I've given people stuff. And they didn't work for it. They didn't deserve it. I, I just gave them stuff. Oh, I said, thank you very much, Pastor. But is that all? I kid you not. I get very distanced from such people. Not, not because I would choose to, but it just happens that, you know, <laughs> is that all you've got? Not really grateful. Same thing. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing builds friendship like gratitude. Nothing. 
Nothing builds friendship like gratitude. Try it at work. Be grateful to your colleague that helped you out on a project. Maybe just in a little bit. It just helped you a little bit. Show gratitude. Be grateful. Be grateful. <laughs> Be grateful to your boss. At least he pays your salary every month. This, but, but, but I worked for it. There are many people that are working for their salary. I don't get to shishi. Be grateful. Be grateful to your spouse. Be grateful for your husband. Be grateful for your wife. In fact, you know, if, if we were to summarize everything in marriage counseling into uh, two, uh, two things, you know, marriage counseling can be very complex. Time, well, time painstaking, not time consuming, you know. Sometimes you spend three hours, four hours, and it's good. But the summary is this. This is summary. This is bottom line. The wife is saying, love me more. The husband is saying, respect me more. She cannot. It's not more than that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's all it is. That's all it is. So even though we have to talk about this issue, talk about that issue, talk about the issue, talk about that issue, when we distill it down, it is, Love me more. Totori me this way. And you see that you have a fantastic wife. I will somersault for you in the bed. You will get, you know, just totori me more. That's what the wife said. The wife said, you respect me. I will show you that I am the man. That's all. That's all my cousin is. Took a while. I thought about it, really. That's all it is. But you know what? There's just one thing that brings out love and brings out respect. And that thing is called gratitude. Just one thing. It brings out love, it brings out respect effortlessly. If you, I mean, I usually would like to end those kind of sessions by saying, you know, okay, tell your husband a few things that you really are grateful to God about in him. Or tell your wife a few things that you are really grateful to God for. You know, they, they usually start by stuttering. You're like, Pastor, can we do this another time? We are here to fight. <laughs> Not to, you know. I'm like, no, you have to, you have, there must be something. And usually they say one, two, no more than three things. But you see, when they say it, when they really get themselves to saying it, they are, all, they are always powerful moments. When they get themselves to really are truthfully grateful for their spouses. I want to challenge you. I'm going to give you an assignment. You know, teachers always give homework. I, always, I want to give you an assignment. I know you are thinking, oh, yeah, he wants me to, he wants me to say uh, I appreciate my spouse. No. Bigger than that. This whole month of August, every single day of this month, beginning from today, find one person in your life and send them a, an email. Send them a text message. Call them and tell them, I am really grateful to God for you. I'm really, really grateful to God. Then go on and be specific for this and for that. Tomorrow, do the same thing. On Tuesday, do the same thing. Until this month is over. Hopefully, your wife should get one or two of such from you. Hopefully. That is um, Expo right there. And watch how your life will take a turn. Watch how your life will change. Your own life will actually change. I'm going to do it. Let me see your hands up. I'm going to do it. We have come to the city of the Most High, to a innumerable company of, you can put on your hands. You see, 
Why do we always challenge people to take action? It's simple. When you hear the word and you take, take action, the word doesn't profit you. That's just it. The word that profits you is the word, not the word you know. It's the word you, you do. So every day, beginning from today. <laughs> Number three. Not only does gratitude honor God, and gratitude creates friendship. Gratitude develops faith. It develops faith. Hebrews 3, 17 and 18. Hebrews 3, 17 and 18 says, Even though the fig tree have no fruit, nor grapes grow in the vine, and even though the olive crops fail, and the fields produce no grain, even though the sheep all die, and the cattle stalls are empty, I will still be joyful and glad. Now, this is someone that is understanding that this concept, even though the, everything on the outside is not favorable, but I am in control of what is on the inside, and I will still be grateful. I will still be joyful. I will still be glad. Why am I being grateful? Even though everything on the outside is, appears to be contrary. Why am I still joyful? Even though everything on the outside appears hard and strong. Why am I still joyful? Why? Because the Lord God is my Savior. I mean, that's his big. I'm not joyful because I have a, or I have B. I'm joyful because I have God. Now, is it bad to have A or B? Nope. But the point is this. The source of your life and your joy cannot be what you have or don't have. The source of your life and your joy should only be Jesus. That's the source of your life and your joy. When you get that you're on the right track. Why? Because the true test of your faith is not of your life or your faith and is not in the good times. The true test of your life is not when things are going on well. No, 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 no. The true test of your life, listen, is when things are hard. That's the true test. That's when you know who your real friends are. You think you have friends because you have a lot of money? Everybody's flocking around. You think you have friends? Really? to be broke for three months. They take a stock. I kid you not. You know, you think you're getting married. You know, sometimes, I mean, you, you're getting married, you think you're really getting married because you, you love, she loves you or you love, you love because she has money. She, her father is, um, is Bill Gates. See, but, but pastor, this is true love. Wait, pull down. True love is tested when there is no shishi. Uh. <laughs> you know, when there is no shishi, I, I mean, you, I, 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 okay, you know what shishi is? I'm assuming everyone knows what shishi is. It's not just we using slangs in church. You know, shishi is a... Uh, you know. <laughs> Ask Job. After a while, Job's wife said to him that, ah, what are you useful for? You are still holding on to this God. Curse God and die. He's not useful for you for anything. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, I'm not here to blow my wife's trumpet, but my wife was solidly with me when I had shishi. Nothing. I have no shishi. I had no shishi. Some people say, eh, you're going for vigil. Be going. When you come back into this house, you will see if Vigil will give you money. 
I mean, I've been, I've been going for vigil. I've been praying, I've prayed, I've prayed. And she will be praying, I've prayed, I've prayed. And this is what I'm telling you, it's so real. I know we are laughing and smiling, but it's so, it's so real. We've had people that wife gets up and leaves. Why? Because she says to us, I've not come to this life to suffer. Time is going. God is saying we should appreciate one another. We should be grateful for one another. When you appreciate someone, when you, when you drive a car out of the garage and three years after, what, has the car appreciated or depreciated? As depreciated, has lost value. God says when you are grateful for, to some, for someone, you are appreciating the person. In other words, that relationship increases in value. It increases in value. When you appreciate one another, the relationship increases in value. <laughs> uh, don't go home now and ask your wife, oh, if I don't have money, will you stay? No, 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 no. no, no. Don't worry, just live life. You will find out. <laughs> but the truth is that, I mean, it's what I've said, I mean. Number four. <clears throat> Gratitude is a witness to others. Gratitude is a witness to others. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So God is saying to you and I, live in a way that makes the truth attractive. You know, in the first two services, we, we couldn't really finish and, and now also, I don't think we can finish, but I'm going to give you the things, if you want to write them down, you can write them down, because this is not going to have a part two. I'm going to give you what I didn't give the first two services. Are you guys special? Okay. Are you ready? Benefits of living a life of gratitude. The first thing is, it keeps you in God's will. Because the alternative is disobedience. When you're not grateful for your wife, or grateful for your husband, or grateful for, your, for in everything in your life, you, it, keeps, it keeps you outside of God's will. Number two, it makes me better and not bitter. When things happen to you in life, you, can, you will either be better or be bitter. When you are grateful, it makes you better and not bitter. Everybody here has an excuse. I'm not saying a reason. An excuse to be bitter. Believe me. Everybody here has an excuse to be bitter. Not a reason to be bitter, but everybody has an excuse to be bitter. In other words, if you want to be bitter, everybody here, you can be bitter. But you see, that's if you choose to. Everybody here has an excuse not to be grateful for their spouse, to, for their spouse, or for their husband, or for their children. Everybody here has an excuse not to be grateful for their workplace, and of course for their nation. Everybody here has an excuse. But you see, when you are grateful, it makes you better and not bitter. Number three, when you are grateful, it defeats the devil. The devil thought he had me. And thought my life was over. <laughs> I don't know the song. Yet. 
That's the one I in my head. Okay, but I mean, when he thinks that, oh, I've gotten him or I've gotten her, and, he, and, and, they, and in the morning, they hear you say, oh, go, yeah, oh, Lord. Uh-uh. They're like, is that not the same guy? Oh, but, oh, Adura. Ah, he goes bonkers. Like, I mean, this, there's something wrong with this. It defeats the devil. It shuts him up. But when you keep grumbling and griping, you are actually fueling him. Because, oh yeah, we are gutting our button. Let's turn it more. Then you come Then they, they tweak it more. Satan hates to hear people praise God. So he will leave you alone. I bid for a season. And number four, it, it causes miracles to happen. Faith is thanking God in advance. It causes miracles to happen. Remember the lady that said that she was in that situation and she wanted to give a seed. But it doesn't make sense to her. But she said she will still be grateful and give a seed. And she's carrying her baby. Praise the name of the Lord. It causes miracles to happen. So giving thanks is, is a privilege. It's not a duty. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. We shouldn't approach giving thanks. That, oh, girl really just want me to thank him. Let me thank him, Sha. You know, let me just thank God. You know, the way we thank God, we thank God as if it's a duty. No, 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 no. It is a privilege. The way people thank God says, God, I thank you for these birds. I thank you for January, for February, birds. We use thanksgiving like a bait to God. We, we say, we, we thank you, we thank you. Meanwhile, the joker is still in your back pocket. What you are going to bring out for him? You are just using that one to torture him, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. And when we, when we look at our nation, Nigeria, you know, God wants us to be grateful. You see, we have a lot of excuses to be bitter about this nation. A lot of excuses to be. But God wants us to be grateful for Nigeria. God actually wants us to be grateful. Proverbs 11, 11 says, Good people bless and build up their city. But wicked people do what? They destroy it with their own words. With their words. Nigeria has become a punching bag of every critic. If everybody thinks that it's an expert. Oh, what a useless station. Oh, particularly our, our brothers and sisters in, in um, diaspora, you know. Every chance to take a shot at the nation. It becomes a topic on social media. I used to respond to it before now, but I don't bother anymore. I don't bother, you know. I was like, oh, something happened, I think, um, Olympic team stuck in Atlanta, you know. Obviously, that's bad leadership. We are not proud of that. That's very embarrassing. Then you go on social media, it's a useless country. No, 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 no. Nigeria is not a useless country. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> because the country is the people. And I'm not a useless person. And you are not a useless person. So what person? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So when somebody says, the useless country, excuse me. So that's, that's corrupt country. I mean, see, they're talking. You're living as a second-class citizen in another person's country. I, am not, I have no issues with you doing that. That's your call. Or don't call us. Even the country. Listen, you know Nigeria is not the most corrupt country in the world. They're just the ones with the bad press. Do you know how the Al Gore elections was rigged in the U.S.? Their own is better than our own. Because it's sophisticated. They don't carry ballot boxes. They know where to... Uh... Then we join them and we abuse our own heritage. God cannot be happy with that. Praise the name of the Lord. 
so many things to be grateful for. I'm grateful to God for this nation. I'm grateful to God that you are in this country. And there is hope in this country because you are in it. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I'm not oblivious. I'm not naive. I, I mean, I, think, I know we have bad leadership. I mean, take it to the bank. I know things have been... I'm not naive. But I'm grateful to God. In Nigeria, there's no natural disaster. We have mountains. They are not volcanic. We are on the coastline. How many kilometers of coast? Atlantic Ocean. Instead of tsunami hitting us, we have oil in our own. In this nation, we still have, at least, even though it's not like before, at least we have younger ones that are still respecting elders, small, small. Oh, don't get me started <laughs> on this. We have, you can't have any excuse to be ungrateful. Think about your life, think about your family, think about your spouse. But you see, you have a reason to be grateful. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. And let's think of the reasons to be grateful. And then just say, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for reasons to be grateful. We thank you. We can never thank you enough. If you're here, you're saying you have never given your life to Jesus. Jesus has never been the Lord of your life. You're saying, Pastor, my life is in a mess. I, I need God. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, Pastor, pray with me. I used to be born again at Bastidon. I want to come back to God. I want to put my life in God's hand. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together wherever you are seated. That is me. Put up your hand. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, over your head. Over your head. Over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. God bless you. Over there. God bless you. Over there. Keep it up. Keep it up. And you are going to slip a card in your hand. Once you have the card, God bless you over there. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. That is me. Put it up. Put it up. I'm going to pray with you now. The structures are scrolling on the screen. If you are online, please take the step of faith. Keep the hands up and we'll pray together. Oh, Father, we thank you. Praise. We give you glory. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. Father, we pray for everyone who's surrendering to you today. We ask that you breathe upon them, Lord. Change this life totally. Let your name, let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Every one of us, Lord, Father, as we take this step and, and embrace this assignment, to be grateful for people, the people you have put in our lives. Lord, let our own lives burst forth with your fruits, with delicious fruits, Lord. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Let's pray together for the Lord Jesus. <laughs>